0: Sage ladies, sage. 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 Strange. <laughs>
1: Strange. <laughs> Strange immediately came to my boomerang. <laughs> Hello family, this is Corey Murray.
0: Yolanda Sanguini. And I'm Charlie Penn. Welcome to Yes Girl. <laughs> so
1: we're in the thick of Women's History Month. Yes. And although it's a month of spring, New York has got us fucked up with Girl. this oh snow. God. If I Why see one more nor'easter,
0: I'm just going to move. <laughs> Who wants me? <laughs> Atlanta? Well, it can't Florida. be LA because LA is definitely cold. Yes. LA was a little chill. was chilly. Very chilly. Yeah, I need the snow to be over. I'm ready for spring.
1: Yes. But speaking of... Women's History Month we want to give a special shout out to Apple Podcasts who has included us Yes Girl Podcasts in their roundup of Bold Women Podcasts for Women's History Month. Yay! Yay. Yay. Thank you, thank, thank you. you.
0: Yeah, we were we were in good company. Good company. Lots of dope queens.
1: I mean, they also feature Phoebe <laughs> Robinson for her podcast, So Many White Guys. Amanda uh-huh. Seals, who has a great new podcast called Small Doses. Angela Rise, on one. And Lovey Ajay has a new podcast called Rants and Randomness. And we're right there amongst all of this beautiful yes. blackness and boldness. So also, thank you, Apple Podcasts.
0: Side Hustle Pro. Want to shout them out Love as well. That. that podcast is so dope. Nice. And it was on the list. Yes.
1: Excellent. Okay. So we wanna continue hearing from you. Thank you for your talks. We love all the feedback you've given us about Kim Whitley. And I wanna say for the record, Yolanda, you came for Kim Whitley first. Yeah. <laughs> I right, listened to it again. Oh that's started, why she came for me. That's why oh. she came for you. Yeah, Jack came. <laughs> We love you, Kim. Oh we love you. Guys, we love you. It was, it
0: really was such a good that one. Kim.
1: That, was a, that was a good one. It was but fun. please join our conversation using hashtag yesgirlpodcast. You can also talk to us directly. I'm at Corey Murray. Yoli
0: Zama. At man Wife, dog on Twitter and at Charlie Pant on Instagram. Who are we talking to today, ladies?
1: Ooh, icon! You know what? You guys
0: are what do you call it? Alumni sisters. That's That's true. We
1: are Hamptonians, as (laughs) we like to say. Okay, (laughs) but more than Hamptonians, Black Panther reached a billion.
0: A billion dollars.
1: A bill, y'all. This is not an exaggeration. This is not like. Inflation, a whole billion, a whole billion dollars, <laughs> entire universal, worldwide, global,
0: yeah. amazing.
1: So we have Ruth Carter, who is the costume designer of Black Panther, and Florence Kasumba, who is one of the Dora Milaje. She's actually the one when ok- Okoye says, "Go, go, go, protect the king," and she goes off to protect the king while they went to kill. kill I think Monger. she was the
0: first one to be killed too. By Killmonger? No, it no, her. it wasn't. No, it wasn't, her. Her. It it wasn't her. another one. She Dora did Milaje. her scene was that if I remember, remember when T'Challa was being uh, was fighting Killmonger and he was losing, and she turned and she said, "Is there nothing that can be done?"
1: That's right, oh, she yes. did because she, did she wanted that. to save. Oh my God, you, know, you just gave me a chill. T'Challa yeah. makes... So we have a Black Panther extravaganza right. for you today. Those are our two guests. Yay! And
0: Ruth Carter had extra tea about everything she's ever done. So buckle up. She gave us a school lesson.
1: Mm. <laughs> She really did. She took She's up. like, I'm not new to this.
0: <laughs> not at all true to this. Please. Yes. What time is it, Yolanda? Tea for the week. Tea for the
2: week. Tea for
1: the week. Yeah, Ay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's Yolanda. how we do it. As. As we are in our beginning of season two, Yolanda, I want to put in a request for you to sing our new theme song. Oh. I didn't know we were going to get a new theme song. I think we should get a new theme song. <laughs> and I think it should be Yolanda's voice. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes we need it like the opening music the opening music oh i live for it can
0: we get a, a single i'm putting that request <laughs> in right now a cut what do they call them E-B. on soundcloud you know what i'm saying i'm gonna post it on soundcloud remixes oh my god remixes everything i am gonna claim some tea for the week shirts though it's oh cute we're doing it we're doing it we're doing Let's that do it. it's happening coming soon all right you know okay you... so tea for the week So, Beyoncé and Jay-Z snatched edges this week and surprised. Well, we're kind of surprised. We knew last week. Yeah. Yeah, that whole. You told me, yeah, that whole fake mistake. The tickets are here, folks. The lineup is here. The tour dates are here for On The Run 2. Yes. What do we think? Well, Uh, (laughs) love Beyoncé. Hey, Beyoncé. Forever. Ooh, I okay. hear
1: about it. I'm scared Me about too. the ticket prices. I love Jay. I know.
0: I don't have $800 right now, Beyonce. I love you. And that's you what I so heard. Some of the tickets are. I bet they always are. But well, they do start at 80. So that's true. You know, and if you, you want to just be in the b- building, what's the thing? The binoculars? Yeah. Is that the thing. Yeah. yeah you you just be in the, the bring your be in the building. Be in the building. Okay. Quick, quick, quick! Sorry. Last year for uh, we, whatever year that was, the first on the run, hubby and I went, and he, no shade, he was like, I was like hyping it, like, oh, we paid all this money, we have great seats. So we got there, we. No good seats, but he kept saying we paid $250 to watch TV in the MetLife Stadium (laughs) because our better view was this (laughs) guy. Was the screens, and he was like, You are committed to the hive, aren't you? Yeah, and yes. I was like, You know,
1: I am because it was a great concert, it was and I'm great. Excited you gotta it be, it's Good. about, and it's also about the movement, the moment of being Yeah, there. Yes. you know what I mean? And it that's was a what, moment, and your fellow p-
0: concert girls, like, it's really yes. exciting. Yeah, now, everybody was there. Do you think she'll put out new music? That's what everybody's wondering. So, that braids are back, you know, when Beyonce She's gets working. braids and mm-hmm. the laptop. She's brands on the laptop. <laughs> well, she has a laptop and braids <laughs> and no makeup. She's and working. She's working. So I feel good about it. But a lot of people on Twitter particularly were not here for the Jay Z portion. Can we just talk about it? After four four four, they feel away. They're you know still in their four feeling. I live <laughs> in Brooklyn. Like I don't, don't want Jay to come for me. You ma- you made us mad at him mm-hmm. and now you're going on tour with him. So yeah. I saw a lot of that. There was and that's real. You know, we, just we show ride for, okay, her. but still just show up for your girl. Sure, for you call that. Right. Yeah. You know, you can get snacks when Jay Z is on. <gasps> oh. No, if, if you feel. No, yeah, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you feel away, I will be staying in my seat. But if you, bopping bop
1: to but you every know, song. All right, here's the thing. But if you feel away, you can get snacks. They usually alternate. You know. Okay, I'll say this. The thing about <laughs> Beyonce that continues to elevate her, her level of performance is so just out of this world mm-hmm. and. That anyone, and I'm sorry, he's your man. I know he's your husband. Yes. But it's like, after that, I can't. What do you pair that with? What do I pair that? You know Literally. what I mean? Like he's. She, I mean he's he stands there and raps. I yeah. mean all of them do. Yeah. But I, I, it's it's the emotions I go through watching Beyonce and then when he comes on stage, it's too much for me sometimes. I mean yes, I'm going to be there and yes, I'm going to be there on the gram and yes, y'all going to be like I I heard you try to play you on going Corey, I will be there. I'm but, same same.
0: We'll, all of us same. Yes. But I will have critiques. I, I think I have, have a credit card I can activate for this. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Roxanne Gay hit the best tweet. She said, "I have a separate Beyonce account, so I'm never caught out there." Oh, that's fact. Oh, I need to do oh, that. People already yes. bought
0: their tickets today. That's a good financial tip. So and have if you a guys card. are
1: not already following Jesse Wu on Twitter, she's your Haitian twister. I mean, on Instagram, she hit the. I can't play it now because it's too far, and I don't know how far along she talks. But she was like, "If your MCM cannot afford a Beyonce tickets, you need to rethink him." For both end. of you, for two both. tickets yeah. and floor seats, floor seats,
0: section one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but real talk. Every we'll all be there. Yeah. Well, be no, there. of course. It's, it's the perfect date night too. We had the time of our lives. It was like he was rocking, then I got a minute to post my photos. He, then I was rocking, then he got it. But, but I wonder, still, is he gonna rock out to four four four? Because it's a very different album. It is a very different. But I remember for the first on the run, they did a good medley still. Like even though they had things they could play that were more recent, they gave you the hits. Remember?
1: Yeah, they gave you they everything
0: did. you needed. They did. so? I mean, like they are going to. They're
1: going to do. It. They're going to put on a solid show. Yeah, regardless. of course. What do y'all
0: think? Y'all going? We are going to see you in uh, section two hundred eight, the uh, listeners. N-
1: no question. Oh, you mean oh, the yeah, reader, the, yeah. the listener. I was <laughs> what
0: like, do y'all 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 I was think? Because like, yeah. I know we'll be there. Will we see you?
1: Yes. Tell us please. You know, Hashtag we'll yes girl podcast we'll? and tell us if where are you sitting to see on the run? Yes.
0: What tickets did you buy? And are there any seats left in your row?
1: (laughs) And you still pay your rent and your
0: mortgage? Right. Do you need a guest? (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of concerts, um, I love seeing Bruno Mars in concert. But um, Bruno Mars, if you are uh, anywhere on the internet this weekend, uh, Bruno Mars was getting dragged because Grapevine TV, shout out to Grapevine TV, which always has really, really amazing video um, video Mm -hmm. and just talks like things that black folks talk about uh black millennials in particular but they there was one girl i forget her name please forgive me but she talked about how she you know bruno is gets a pass because he's a non-black artist that makes black music and we like our content from non-black folks making black music basically so everybody was dragging bruno i mean a lot of people came and supported him but i want to know what you guys think is bruno a cultural appropriator As I pull up my Bruno playlist on Spotify, (laughs) I'm going to say that I'm defending him. I don't, like, no. No. He's always given black artists, black music, shout out, the glory, Mm -hmm. even.
1: And even, I saw him years ago in a small place in L.A. And his backup singers, I think the hooligans. Yeah. Like, that's a black show.
0: It's a black show.
1: I mean, he's just got really curly hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I walked out of, like, I just heard R&B, pure R&B. So it's never been a, a question for me. It's, it's funny. Right. His album, um, Unorthodox, is that mm-hmm. the name of it? Mm-hmm. Like, I almost was disappointed in that album because it wasn't as R&B. It mm-hmm. was a lot more pop. As the first one. Yes. And, you know, but he made up for it with 24-carat magic with mm-hmm. me, so and I don't also, think he's cultural Let's be real. Soul is something you're born with
0: he has it mm-hmm. we all have it but sometimes other people get it too mm-hmm. I don't think we can we can insult someone and say that they're stealing for a talent
1: God gave them yeah mm-hmm. right like I mean Soul is soul. And you know what? He acknowledged... I think he was at the BET Awards, and he acknowledged how BET Soul or the Soul Train Awards were the first award he ever received as yeah. an artist. Yes. yes. I think I've said this before on the podcast, <clears throat> but I don't know. It still holds something with me.
0: Yeah, I'm here for Bruno. Same. I'm sorry. Always And we, we spoke to Teddy Riley this week, um, who also was here for Bruno, and like Ninth Wonder, who's a prolific uh, producer. Like, a lot of artists are coming and saying, come on, y'all. Like, can we... I mean there's there's some point there's some truth to the, you know, black non black artists making black music. I mean Ed Sheeran, you look at other sort of um they take from black music, but I feel like Bruno really does acknowledge where he gets it from. Yeah. You know? And um, he always has.
1: And didn't Teddy say something like every time he mentions their name, that's a spike for mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's always paid it forward, went back to where it came from. Like Bruno just feels like he shouldn't make that list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I just want him to pay Charlie Murphy. I mean Charlie not Charlie ooh. Murphy. <laughs> Wait, oh, Charlie Wilson. <laughs> Charlie Wilson. Now. Cuz there was that one song it was a straight up Gap band song. But Which, I think what? he did get pay- he did get paid cuz oh, there I, was a that thing. Yeah, oh that was the <laughs> thing and Charlie said every time that song plays just know that I'm good. Ooh.
1: So Wait, I just read something from <laughs> Friends of the Pod, Phoebe Robinson. She quoted I mean, she tweeted, idea, instead of complaining about Bruno Mars not having talent, he has buckets of it, or being a cultural vulture, he's not, for the 20th time, y'all could celebrate R&B artists who who you do like, but that would mean you actually care about the culture, not clicks on your website. Mm. Get it. That's real talk. Yep.
0: Show up for Roe James. Up. Yep. Show up for Show tank. up for Luke James. And that's what Teddy Riley was saying. And that's yeah. what he also reminded me of. Like, okay. The whole time I was just wanting to go jam. Oh, jam. <laughs> oh, jam. <laughs> but it was a moment. And we all know he literally has like hundreds of hits. He's responsible for New Jack Swing. He creates he we, we tried to say he was the father of new jack swing and he was like no no don't call me the father what did he say he corrected it he was like he said call me the creator or the influ-. it was something different he was like no he's like I, we're not going to date me like
1: that yeah 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 side note I will admit, I didn't get to go into that conversation, but when he walked out and I, I had a brief moment with him, he looks so good. He does look good. His skin? His skin, skin. skin. Wait,
0: he gave us his regimen. What? what is yeah. it? Oh, God, I can't pronounce it, but he does not play. He gets his products from Korea. He Oh, Korean he, beauty products. Korean beauty. those are yeah. the best. He seeks out what he needs, and he wow. knows what his skin likes, and he told us. So, Julie, will have the tea. We got to get it from her. So, by the way, I was reading that um, the difference between American and Korean women, or Asian women, Asian women are more concerned with their skin. Whereas American women are more concerned with makeup, that I could see. So when you want the best skin products, you get them from Asia because they love good. Which is probably why he uses. Yeah, Korean and he didn't. He products. was like, "Oh, it's Korean." Like he was like, "Let's not play." Yeah, he d- he has not aged at all. I mean, he looks like he just he what? just came off doing no
1: diggity. We like you know like, what I mean? Like
0: he walked in and they were like, "Oh, Teddy Riley's here." We were like
1: low-key Like where? <laughs> like we, had, it was I was expecting and gray, and all of it. Yeah, I was expecting changed. wrinkles, everything.
0: No, 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 no. And his grown kids were there, and they were amazing. Nice. We met his daughter and his son, but it was the moment. And the next came the next day, y'all. My whole '90s heart is full this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they performed um. "Wifey" and "Too Close." I think. Ooh. Yeah,
1: I saw it on your gram, girl.
0: Speaking of the '90s, we lost someone this week. Oh, yeah. rapper. Craig, Craig Mack. Mack. Mm. It was just
1: he March. was just 46. My goodness. so. Wow. It was, really it was shocking. It was shocking. And
0: I read up on, you know, I, I kind of was like, oh, where has Craig Mack been? I didn't know. I didn't know he had chose a life, a life with the Lord. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. South Carolina, I think. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. He gave yeah. up his career. To follow his faith, yeah, and someone, uh, a producer who has been working with him recently, I think on a documentary, I believe, said that he was at peace with yeah. his illness and that right. his time, yeah, I read a line time that time.
1: said like he was he was ready to go, yeah, and like his he time was ending, yeah.
0: so that that helped me feel better about it. You yeah. know, to you know, it's nice to read that. You don't often read that when someone dies at forty six. Yeah. Mm.
1: Lessons mm. to his family, absolutely. Another first this weekend, though, oh, that was yeah. some great <laughs> news to celebrate is Ava DuVernay and Ryan Coogler. Both have the number one and two spots on the best. No, the box office. Box office. Yeah. First time in history. Black woman, black man. Go for it, y'all. I got Continue Iconic. to support Wrinkle in Time and Black Panther. Yes.
0: And Yolanda, you took you guys now both all of your kids, the boys and Jillian I took the boys to go see um, Wrinkle in time. in time. They loved it. They really I think it was really important for me to see. No, for them to see a black girl, a smart brainy black girl who loves science um, and also is in touch with her magicalness if that's a word. Yes. Um, we'll make it aware. Yeah, we'll make it aware. Who go check me. Um, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but they really they really loved her. They really loved Aww. Meg and they loved um uh, Oprah, as I forget her name, please forgive me, Mrs. Witch. Uh, Mrs. Witch. Okay, and all the quotes—they had really good quotes in the film. Like it was just a really good movie to take your
1: kids to see. I will admit, in the book, they don't quote Outcasts. They don't- so <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to ask Ava, what was that decision? Yeah, but I love it. But just for the record,
0: mm-hmm. so it Mindy Kaling's, Kaling's character quotes outcasts. everybody. Yes. Outcast, i Lynn Manuel, Miranda, like <laughs> rooming, just, even Chris Tucker.
1: <laughs> oh, is that what she says? Yes. I go, when she goes, damn, damn. Tucker, Tucker. That's what it's Tucker. So I didn't, okay. damn,
0: because yeah. I was like Tucker. Okay, really she good. said
1: trucker, ah. and then the second time I was like, I Tucker. didn't see it
0: opening weekend. I feel terrible about that, but I'm going this weekend. Go this like, weekend. I'm, I'm, I still want to support, but you know why I didn't see it opening weekend, y'all? Right. Don't judge me. I went to see Black Panther for the fourth time, and wait for it in 4D. Oh, my God. Which I didn't know I'm was a thing. I'm following your footsteps. Y'all, everyone, please Google a 4D theater near you. Even if it's an hour away, y'all go. Make the drive. It turns the experience into a ride. Wow. Wow. Your seat moves and gives you all the action. And then when the swords and things are going, the wind goes past. Oops, just kidding. almost knocked over my water. That's how excited I am. The wind goes past your ears and under your feet. Wow. And the water splashes. And it vibrates. It's like you're in the damn movie. Wow. I thought I couldn't love it anymore, and then I went inside in 4D. Forget IMAX. So after Charlie told me, I literally googled 4D Did theaters you in New York City. Yes, where is one? one in Union Square? Yes. Ooh, maybe There's I'll do that. One in New York. You gotta. It's not I'm violent going. enough that you. I mean, it's not. You don't move enough that you need a seatbelt, but you move because I low key was like tearing down my popcorn, and then I was like, oh. Let me stop eating this popcorn in the seat. You never know when it's gonna move. But wait, so what is the visual experience like? It's same, but it's brighter. It feels a bit more IMAX-y. Got like it. Like the th- the screen was nice and big, but it wasn't like shaped like an IMAX. Got it. But it felt better than like, you know, your standard theater visuals. Got I'm it. just gonna say yeah. that. Sound, no but the sound is good. Everything was good because speakers are right in your seat. And you can turn off the action if you don't want it. But y'all, it, sh- it was like a whole new Black Panther. Oh,
1: no, I'm it. going. Because yeah, uh, Jillian's going. dad hasn't seen he's like the only black person oh, who hasn't do seen that. it. And <laughs> you um, know,
0: I do know two black people who have not seen Black okay, Panther. And, <gasps> and they had the nerve yesterday so what's it like? I said,
1: girl! Mm-mm. They're banished from the kingdom. Oh, what's it like? He's Bye-bye. the only one talking about some. It's just supporting a man. It's just supporting a no, man. I was like, either. you know what? Whatever. So I'm going to buy him tickets. And I'm just going to be like, 40. we got to go do something this for Jillian. And we're going to the movies. 40. Speaking of Black Panther, let's get into our conversation. First up is Ruth Carter. And then stick around for Florence Kasumba. They're used to me being extra. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just did this for the gram. But Ruth Carter came from the illustrious. Yes. Illustrious. Home by the sea. Yes.
2: On the banks of Virginia.
1: The James River.
2: James River. (laughs) Ruth Carter, where'd you you come from? What school did you go to? The illustrious. (laughs) Hampton University
1: Hampton University yes. extra extra happy y'all extra happy H real you you hold on I gotta do it the right way close Wait. your ears because I don't know if I'm gonna offend you, no, you know it. that I love you yeah yeah but I gotta do it for the people in the youth go for it H motherfucking Hampton University all. <laughs> And you but know no shade. shade, no shade. Yeah. You know, no mama, shade to all the other H-U's. Yeah. Well, you know, Mama
0: went there first. <gasps> ooh, ooh, ooh. She did just see. <laughs> normally, fact. I get involved, but I'm <laughs> hmm, in love here. But I'm gonna let it go because this is obviously the H you thing. So. Well,
2: we, we got you beat. We got you outnumbered. <laughs> outnumbered. So
0: today, I will hush. <laughs> and we color because coordinated. Who's here? We color coordinated. <laughs> okay. Ruth I will Carter. hush and Ruth just be respectful. E. Cardi, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, sister. Wow. Thank you for having me. I feel like the first thing I want to say to you is Wakanda forever. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah, we,
2: we should start and end with that. Uh-huh. Wow. Forever. I also say thank you. Thank yes.
0: you. Wow. Yes. You did that.
2: Oh, thank you. My goodness. Yeah. We cried
0: we- we had chills. We held each other. Oh, we've seen the film collectively probably ten times. Ten times,
2: right? And I experienced it different depending on who I go with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many times yeah. have you seen yeah. it? Four times. Four so You times. know, for me, as part of the creation of it, I need more times to view it to sort of relax.
0: Wow, it's a little true. too
2: close to it.
0: Wow, I can imagine. Wow, yeah. but before we even go into Black Panther, okay. let's talk about some of the other. Mm. I mean, this career is. Many. So, I mean, so integral to black culture and you've really been part of the the movement to kind of push us forward, telling our stories through costume. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say, talk about all the way to um, Sparkle. Oh, you bringing um, up Sparkle, one of my <laughs> favorites. <laughs> you get Sparkle. You did. I'm gonna go back all the way back. Crooklyn, Ooh, You did. Oh yeah. Five heartbeats. Five heartbeats. Yeah. Jungle fever. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mo better blues. Right, right. Oh my goodness. School days. School baby days. Boys.
2: Baby, you just posted on your Black Dynamite. The
0: Butler. The Mm -hmm. Butler. I mean, we could go on. We We could could. go on and on. Malcolm X. But don't kill me. Amistad. (laughs) I'm sorry, we could just go. (laughs) Every movie that ever touched you in some way with the acting and the visuals.
1: Loving basketball. I'm sorry, I can't stop. (laughs) And not for nothing. I was able and I'm very extremely thankful to see you live in action. I went down to the set of Roots. Oh, in New Orleans, That's
2: and you've
1: seen you before. You created a museum, pretty much. Uh-huh. Your, uh huh. her costume department becomes a museum. Uh-huh. Like you, I mean, please walk us through it. I mean, it's not just fabrics. You're you're creating a story through clothing.
2: Yeah, because as an artist, you have the responsibility of not only um, dressing actors, you have the responsibility of training the people who are integral to the creation of the work and in educating them as well. And they're very thirsty for the knowledge. So, you know, within the environment that we're creating the the clothes in and dying and aging, you are imparting knowledge by putting visuals around, having discussions. displays i walk the directors producers through my department all the time they would like to see you know an update of where we are with things and also be educated we i don't assume that people know the details about clothing through the eras and about the black american experience uh, with regards to roots so you have to kind of put together this um this feeling, this, uh, this emotional experience as you travel through my department. It's, it's important for everyone who works there to kind of know where I'm coming from and the passion behind it. So I always have visuals, even on uh, Black Panther, there's the walls are lined with visuals and, and um, mood boards. Um, I also, with Black Panther, had a huge inspiration um, wall you know my vision board, mm-hmm. and I had masks and you know Lesotho blankets and all kinds of stuff there. So when people came into the uh, world of uh, Ruth Carter, they were all you're also entering the world of the film.
1: How long did you spend before Black Panther researching? Before, mm-hmm. like before I guess before filming or before you had to. Yes. On um, yeah.
2: Black Panther, we had six months, from um, June, July, short sort of, to January. Is that my phone or yours? Ooh, I bet I it's mine. Think it's I think yeah, it's no. mine. <laughs> Let me turn <laughs> it off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't turn my phone off. My bad. That's <laughs> all right. Okay. It's authentic. Okay.
1: Um, sorry Real about life. that. Okay. Jeez. But I will use this as a moment to pull out a little something that I received from Kwaku, Austin.
2: Kwaku. Kwaku, is that how you pronounce his I name? Kwaku. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Forgive the name, is.
1: forgive the noise, y'all. But he did, uh, he did the still photography uh, for Black for, Panther. Yeah, he did. And, um, but it's beautiful.
2: Yes, and I would say that um, when we were shooting this uh, still photography. Oh, yeah. my God. Look at Yeah. That. yeah. Mm. yeah. All yeah. the characters mm-hmm. yeah. in costume. Yeah. He's got to send me one of those. Wow. (laughs) That's
0: gorgeous.
2: (laughs) That's got to be on my desk.
0: Wow. Every look told a story.
2: Every look told a story. And it's crazy that the day we were shooting that and we pulled together the costumes and got the actress dress and we did that, you know, family portrait that you see in a lot of the press I knew then, I had the overwhelming feeling then that this was something so amazing and so special. And I was looking around the room trying to get like an ally who was feeling that same thing. And people were like, you know, on their phones and like the press girl was like, hi, Ruth. Nice seeing you. Remember me from Roots? And I was like... Do you see what's in front of you? <laughs> do you see what's happening here? Do you see what's happening here? <laughs> Nobody can see this. And I thought, I should stand in the shot and get Kwaku to shoot me one time with this incredible portrait. But I was like, yeah, but my hair's not right. And I didn't wear the right thing. And, oh, I feel fat. So I didn't do it. <laughs> but I, when, when they were all there together, it was overwhelming.
0: Mm. Overwhelming. I can only imagine. Wow. Yeah, because the chills we got just from watching, you know, I mean, being on set must have been being on set, you know, and and
2: that's why I say I didn't really get that real, true, overwhelming sensation that this was a real special project. I knew it was a special project, but really got that that wham moment, you know, that uh, Eureka moment, Um, because, you know, shooting every day, you got a deadline Mm -hmm. here and a Mm -hmm. deadline there. And, you know, I'm meeting Lupita at her trailer at 4.15. So by a.m. AM. AM. So by 8:15 I'm like where's breakfast? Wow. <laughs> wow. You
0: know. Wow. So yeah, yeah. I I think we're going to probably come back okay. to Black Panther, but okay. I do want to go all the way back to yeah. Ruth as a young girl because I'm sure this talent um Ooh. began Ooh. then. Mm. What were the cues around you? Was it was it your family? Like where did you get this um Of course it's it's otherworldly. I'm not gonna say, did your mama give it to you? But um, <laughs> but, um what do you remember yes. about your sort of vision of what you would do and where did this come from?
2: Um, I guess, you know, as a kid, you know, I was like everybody else, you know, my mom was, you know, a real smart woman. She, you know, Uh, always had a a bigger ideal for us, you know, and really worked hard to make sure that, you know, we had what we needed. But she was a single mother of eight, you know. And so I had five brothers um, and my brothers were artists. And um, my oldest brother, Robert, is a painter. So he was the artist of the family. You know, regardless of of what you could do, Mm -hmm. he was the artist because, you know, he was the painter. He had studied art. He did big murals. He did seascapes, and mm. we were always like, "Wow, look at what Robert did." <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, me and my other brother are back there using his pencils and his, you know, his uh, art supplies to to draw and and emulate him. So art was there. Um, also, my mom, she kind of worked for the city. Mm. And uh, they counseled, you know, people who were uh, disadvantaged and didn't have money to, you know, afford like real psychiatrists. You know, she was kind of like a social worker, but not. uh, She worked for a doctor. And uh, a lot of the blacks of our town uh, talked to my mom. And Mm -hmm. she knew all the divorcees. She knew (laughs) all the divorcees. That's what they called them (laughs) back then. And she knew the homeless people and she knew everybody. And it. It was quite embarrassing for me as a kid you know my mom's uh, driving us to school and you know rolling down her uh, card window and you know like Mr. Johnson I want to see you next week <laughs> and I was like oh my god we're like down the street from the school mom what drop me here drop me off here Like, and she's like, oh, he's fine. Look, he's got a clean shirt on. And I'm like, oh, my God. But that kind of, you know, uh, living with my mom around all those psychology books, uh, just taught me uh, empathy, you know, and mm-hmm, taught me mm-hmm. how to kind of look at people for their story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my mom was like a storyteller in that way, or she had the empathy for people. And so I, I too can, you know, transcend, you know, any kind of, you know, weirdness and look at people and see them, you know? So I feel like that kind of uh, revved me up. Um, I, I, I loved theater. I studied theater and was in lots of um, enriching programs through my high school years. One in particular was called Uhuru Sasa, and I went there every oh, the Uhuru summer. Sasa. No, heard no, the Uhuru Sasa, yes, wow. freedom now. Wow. And Uhuru Sasa was a wonderful program at the University of of Amherst University in in, uh, Amherst, Mass. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd go there, and they'd have African drums, and they'd have uh, cultural programs, and they also gave you enrichment which was for your school studies. And uh, so my mother like stuck me in those uh, every every summer and I loved them because you lived on the campus, mm-hmm. you had a boyfriend, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and that showed me that those programs showed me showed me drama. And drama became something that I really had a knack for, and I liked performing. And we were doing spoken word. but I mean, we, it wasn't called spoken word. We were just doing poetry. So I knew about Sonia Sanchez and Ed Bullens, and I can still recite it now, but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> That's podcast part two. That's okay. podcast part two. So, uh, you know, that led me to have these mentors who were college uh, students that were... Um, concerned about the African diaspora and, you know, felt that I was someone who had, you know, some talent and that, you know, were they encouraged me to apply to school and, and you know, and, you know, gave me gave me that, you know, push. Nice. And so you get to Hampton
0: and what do you study at Hampton?
2: Uh, I was a special ed major. I totally did not go into the drama <laughs> field at first <laughs> because I didn't think that it was a field that I could make a living at. Mm-hmm. And so and I come from a legacy of teachers. I'm, all my cousins were at Hampton. My aunt graduated from there. My uncle was the head of auxiliary services there. So uh, Hampton was my choice, my school choice. And I studied special education. And I thought maybe I could do something with theater for the deaf. And so I studied sign language, and they mainstream you right away. They put you in the classrooms with the special students so you know your freshman year if this is something you want to do, because special ed is really very special. It takes a special uh, heart and a special talent to pursue that as your life's work. And I was in the classroom, and I was okay with it. uh, for. I stayed in it till my junior year, and then I uh, had an epiphany, and I switched my major to speech and drama.
1: Mm. nice yeah when did you first connect with Spike Lee
2: Uh, Spike came to see um, a dance performance called A Night for Dancing, and it was, uh, the choreographer was Otis Salid here in Los Angeles, and it was um, a dance performance to the music of Stevie Wonder. And it was so popular, people were lining Adams and La Brea, Lula Washington's dance studio when it was in a little hole in the wall. They were lining the streets to come see this performance. It was packed, and I had approached Otis Salid uh, because I... I was living here in Los Angeles working for a theater, a, a local theater, and I thought that they needed a costume designer. And you know, that's kind of how I was at Hampton. I was the costume designer on campus. I did all the plays, all the music department stuff, you know, all the fraternity step shows, whatever it was I was that girl. So it was nothing for me to walk up to a choreographer and say, you guys need a costume designer. You want me to, you know, do some things with you? So it was a good way for me to hang out too and have fun. <laughs> Being yeah be in the mix so uh Spike came to see that performance and uh you know I was there I had my portfolio was showing it to people at uh, you know the ma- and in between um and uh, Talk he's about opportunity taking right? the opportunity. <laughs> okay. and, and he showed he told me to you know, uh, get some experience in film. And I wasn't really interested in film, but he said, go to USC or UCLA and sign up at, in, the senior, in the film department on someone's senior thesis project. And so I did, and before I knew it, I was on a
0: set. Wow. So you knew how to sew.
2: I knew how to I taught myself how to sew. Mm-hmm. I got one of those Singer patterns, and and my mom had one of those console type sewing machines. Like it was my desk, you know, when it was closed right. up. And then when you, you opened those. it up, you know, like, Eureka! Your there's a sewing right. machine underneath wow. here. I remember those. Yeah, and so I I had that. Those uh, those patterns were like cryptic, you know. And, yeah. You know, I still I, look at those. Like you kidding me? now? I'm not doing that.
0: Exactly.
3: <laughs> wow.
0: So it seems like when school days happen, then everything. Thing. like it was like a light bulb because you were working like every year it was a new project yeah you know it was a time when spike and
2: robert townsend and keenan wayans like there was a new emergence of black filmmakers um we hadn't been seeing ourselves on screen and she's gotta have it uh was a breakthrough mm-hmm. uh for us to see ourselves in our world brooklyn and you know it just created a whole uh, that with hollywood shuffle mm-hmm. uh created just a whole genre of new um, films and I mean I was maybe one of one and a half costume designers that were doing it so Robert Townsend, Keenan, and Spike shared me in a sense it just so happened that when Spike was done Robert was mounting so I'd go to LA and then when Robert Townsend was done Keenan was mounting a show and then when he was done Spike was back so I just went back and forth from New York to LA for about 10 years. Wow, I love it. Oh, my yeah. goodness.
0: Oh, we're just staring at her. I am just I'm like... like... That is just... So, <laughs> <food>. how <laughs> do you decide what to take with you after you're done? Like, you have these moments, these boards, these the closets, these museums. Mm-hmm. Do you have your own way of taking at home a little keepsake or something for you? Your home must be a museum. And it's...
2: Um... Um, it is. We're trying to put an exhibit together because I have uh, done that. I've got zoot suits from Malcolm X. I've got... Oh, my goodness. I have stuff from Amistad. I know where things are, you know. um, Roots, they didn't know what to do with the stuff, so I have it, you know. And so there's a really beautiful exhibit there. Where where do you keep it?
0: Yeah, where is everything?
2: Listen, I have no room for my clothes. Of course
0: not. (laughs) I can't imagine.
2: And because I don't have company, because I'm always out of town, uh, there are two gigantic racks in my dining room,
1: and all of the closets are full. Wow. Mm -hmm. do you have storage space? no no you just put it (gasps) in
0: my house I I can come come over and help you
2: yes (laughs) I
0: welcome that (laughs) I want this exhibit to happen. Yes, we
2: are so working hard on it for September.
0: Oh, wow. it's coming yeah, soon.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fast. So
0: retrospective of
2: your Retrospective. Work. We want to call it Heroes and Sheroes. You like that? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. The retrospective
2: of Ruth Carter. Wow.
0: Oh, I love that. I remember once a friend of mine was uh, wanted to be a costume um, designer. Mm-hmm. She was maybe, we were like 19, 20. Okay. And um, someone said, okay, go, go meet. Uh, Ruth. And so it was in New York. I forgot which Spike Lee film it was, but this was like 2 th- no, it was like 97. Okay. Um, I was just starting. Yeah, so then we I walked I was a in child. And they were like <laughs> they were like there's Ruth and then you had a trailer and you we walked into the trailer and there was all these like beautiful outfits and you were sitting at at a, like a sewing machine and at this point I was? We're not, oh I don't think you were sewing Oh thank I you I think you were sitting there Okay <laughs> So at this point we're like 19 like oh my god Ruth Carter <laughs> it, was so, it was a long time oh, ago but it was sweet. just such a, a memory okay. that we keep Oh I'm
2: appreciative of that memory I hope I was nice I no, usually you am you look gracious as ever yeah.
0: Okay yeah, good I'm was, so glad we got to connect and we're reconnecting Yes It was amazing Your well. vibe is so chill I bet it must be like to be your intern your assistant and the person who rolls the racks <laughs> just to be around you in that space while you're creating so intensely this entire world from which to pull yeah. a wardrobe for just each character.
2: Yeah, sometimes I don't remember that I have like 30 years behind me, so mm-hmm. I go, you know, hey, it's easy, just do it. You know, like go downstairs <laughs> and dress some of the background. I say that to some of my interns. Just go start dressing some background. That's a good way to learn. Mm-hmm. Just dress them and then bring me the pictures and they're like, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like the only thing I've ever done. Yeah. For Black Panther, how much uh, of a team did you have? Like, how many people were on your team? Oh, there's lots of people. There's lots of layers, so... I wish I could say, you know, it's just one team. And I say, you go to the east, you go to the Mm -hmm. west. Um, But we had about 10 people in L.A. We had another about 15 people in uh, Atlanta. I had shoppers in South Africa and in Ghana and in South Korea. I had a team in South Korea of mm, four people. Mm -hmm. And then if you count like all of the outsourcing that we do to the different companies that make like the superhero suits and all that, you know, there's no whole nother team of people that are working for us so you know in all I've, I've this number has changed every time I count it up but I think about 60 people Wow! Mm-hmm. wow. I want to be a Ruth Carter shopper okay. come on shopper. come on! my ear was like did she say a shopper?
0: shopper yeah shopper how do you become an expert <laughs> shopper for Ruth Carter because you know application yes.
1: sliding it over yes yes um, I want to know again going back to The roots, being with you at roots. Mm -hmm. And I remember what I took away from that is learning that slaves only had one outfit. For For the year. For the year. And they would change, they would dress in burlap -hmm. burlap, and they would Mm -hmm. change between. So leading into Black Panther, Mm -hmm. what is something that you learned that, we may think, as uh, I would say, a Black American yeah. that you know, not everybody's wearing a cowrie shell, right? And mm-hmm. kente Cl- Like, what what was your big takeaway?
2: Yeah, the takeaway is that you know we all know that uh, the slaves were stripped of their culture, but nobody knows what the culture was. I just know we were stripped. So now we know what the culture is, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like a connect. Uh, we connect the beginning. You know, it's a full circle moment. Um, We can say, wow, we were kings. We really can feel that when we see Black Panther. And now if you study slavery and you see that they were stripped of their culture, you know what? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's it's just more impactful that this African-American journey um, did not begin with slavery. It actually began on the continent, mm-hmm. and it shows how you know Africans and African Americans are connected, and we all have a thirst and a desire to um, to keep culture in the conversation and keep it alive and know what it is specifically. You know, we didn't maybe we weren't taken as slaves from all over the continent, but I feel like you know culture. Uh, culture is culture is if you're you're a mexican-american you have you know a culture that i feel is kind of dying a little bit it dissipates because everybody you know is into the pop um pop world they want to know what jay-z and beyonce are doing you know instead of um you know what mansa musa was doing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. So I watched wow. this video that was going around where Ryan Kugler was kind of had like a marker, and it was like the video was kind of playing on a table, and he mm. was sort of walking us through the scene in the, South Korea mm-hmm. in the film. Yep, the stunt, the, yeah, the casino, stunt, and also just how it all came together. Mm-hmm. And there are these moments where he's talking about you know Denai and Lupita, the, the colors of their
1: dresses, mm-hmm. the Pan African flag was the yes. Pan
0: African, and I stopped and I said, "Oh, you like why did not see that?" Right, I could never. Yes. And so I just want to understand a little bit more about how you two begin to collaborate. He couldn't have done that without you. And oh, my you had God. To, that was Ruth. Ruth is all in there besides just what they were wearing. But how they all with that visual is put them on yes. the screen.
2: Listen, you know, Ryan was motivating in that way. Mm. Like he'd say, you know, like, you know, first you're on this journey of a red dress and you're, you know, living with this red dress. And then you're on this journey of, you know, T'Challa in his black suit. And then you sit down with Ryan and we're talking about Lupita's from the River Tribe. And so she wears green. And so, you know, you have these pieces that are kind of not necessarily connected yet, but you're sitting down with Ryan to have this conversation about the scene. And he said, yeah, Ruth, I have this vision about them coming in. And like, it would be like the Pan-African flag when they come in, you know, red, black and green. And you just want to drop the mic. (laughs)
0: Right. right, is best right, right. I mean, you like this thirty. see that <laughs> my mind was blown watching that yes. everything he broke down wow right he is that way he
2: is also the one that said you know cuz i'm bringing in uh, illustrations of the dora you know mine look kind of cute you know and then we have one that's uh illustration from marvel where they have their their warrior look and they're all covered from you know to the wrist to the ankle and um he said, yeah, Ruth, you know, we're in a culture right now where, you know, strippers and all that kind of thing is a part of, you know, uh, it's an acceptable part of, you know, lifestyle. And uh, we already have T'Challa walking around in a cat suit. You know, he can't have cat suit. <laughs> See?
1: See? They were joking on See? me that I was calling the cat suit. It's but okay. It is, it's a, cat it ain't suit. a cat suit. He's a cat. Suit, he's a, a panther. Th- Thank you. Panther. <laughs> a, the panther is a cat. Thank you, Ruth. Hampton <laughs> okay. again. Okay. There, there, okay. Continue, please. A panther
2: suit. For the Howard people, you know, we got to break it down. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: That, see? Yeah, but he's the
2: one that said, you know, let's show, let's present the women, you know, as warriors, as real warriors that need to be covered. And, you know, I dropped the mic again. I was like, I should have told you that, young man. What How old
0: are you, 31?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know how old I am? But it's kind of like what you said in our cover story on Black Panther. You were saying, like... Uh, this whole idea of like when women are warriors or women fighters are in a bikini, you know, traditionally mm-hmm. we seen skirt know, and, uh in a bustier. But you were but like, no, if we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight, and yes, I need to be protected. Yes, Wonder Woman
2: yes. was giving you a lot of legs. I'm just saying. Yes. Like, but you know, Wonder Woman, I feel like they had to honor the trilogy or the uh, the you know their whole story. Mm-hmm. They had to honor the the Amazon women and in the historical sense. So that I felt like I felt it like was a beautiful job, you know. And I, I also didn't mind that they were fighting in that way i think someone did another version of it where it got even more sexier Mm -hmm. and more kind of weird but the the one the the last one i think was the best looking one
0: yeah yeah absolutely so is there like when when you rapped when you and the cast and crew the hair people everyone all these teams rapped um how did you celebrate
2: oh no listen you are so tired when you rap Um. I mean, we were celebrating. The actors, you know, they can celebrate. They have time in between. They work a week here, then they got a week off. And Winston Duke, when he came uh, to Atlanta, he didn't start his first day for like a month. And he was like so overjoyed to finally come to set. (laughs) Um, So uh, for me, all of Shuri's costumes were shot in the last week of shooting. All of them. And the people in the lab. And so I had this challenge of, you know, coming up with a lab look that wasn't a lab coat that didn't feel stereotypical that made her young and made her forward and was not cultural what was you know her lab dresses and all that kind of stuff so I was you know bouncing back and forth between the set and my workshop you know showing uh, Ryan the ideas and so by the time the last day came I felt everybody's kind of like you know making t-shirts up and Denai is giving out Dora t-shirts and it's like people are crisscrossing in front of me and I am in some kind of a daze. <laughs> and You're working. Yeah, I'm still working. And I remember going into the hair and makeup trailer and they were, you know, exchanging gifts amongst their department and, you know, as all departments do. And I, I felt like they felt like bad, like, oops, you know, here comes Ruth, you know, <laughs> and we don't have anything for her. And I said, hold up. Listen, this is a triumph I, I this is a win for me. I need no gifts. Mm-hmm. This this journey and what I was able to do, what we were able to do, is a victory. So don't feel bad. Let's keep this party rolling. Yeah.
1: Can mm-hmm. I talk a minute about your personal style? Because mm-hmm. you killed that Black Panther, the first premiere, the world premiere. Oh yeah. Your Thank look. You. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I uh. want to know about your personal closet and your personal uh-huh. must haves. Like, how much do you bring that into, I mean, and even just going through your resume right here, like MAPS? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> my personal style. I know.
1: <laughs> I know, it's not, I know. But still, like, but Selma, like, all of that. Like, what? I guess maybe which movie was most you as far as it may be hard for you to kind of pinpoint what character unless you mm. do
2: well you know as a costume designer uh you really do have to think outside yourself so you can you can meet a costume designer or a stylist and you go damn i like the way he looks look at the way he's dressed wow like i want to look like that and then they can't dress anybody they can only dress themselves mm. so i am the kind of designer that um, I have my own style I'm, I feel like I'm kind of you know easy and eclectic, it depends on where I am um, but I pride myself on being able to look at a subject and look at an actor and know the script and know the character and the story and be able to infuse that on them without interruption of who I personally am and want to, my signature is going to be there regardless so I'm You know, if I'm into, I don't know, sweatshirts, you know, I'm not going to try to cut the Panther suit out of a sweatshirt and be all cool. I'm going to do it in the way that I feel that it needs to be done for the story and for the script.
1: Are you always shopping? Like, no, even if you're not working, are you always just? uh,
2: I'm always online. I spend a lot of time online, I look at a lot of inspirations, you know, online happened like midway through my my career. Before then, I was a magazine hound, I had, you know, Um I actually dated a guy in New York who worked for the European magazine uh, companies that had everything. I have a collection of ebony's, I have... I have all this paper. And uh, so then after uh, the internet happened and we all started using laptops, I actually feel like I was one of the first people to sort of bring the electronic um, ideal to the department. But that's a whole nother podcast. Anyway, (laughs) so I use the internet a lot. Um, But mostly my I have shoppers. Yeah, I have shoppers because if I try to, you know, be the Juan Valdez of wardrobe, then I'll, yep. I'll miss everything. I'll miss meetings. I'll miss. I'll miss consultations. I'll miss everyone. So I'm kind of like the nucleus, and I have to have people who kind of get me and know what we're looking for. And actually, we we'll bring some of their ideas too because it's a collaborative medium as well.
0: Mm. So are they like they're like in the streets? They spot something. They take a photo. Yeah, they, they send me stuff on my phone. Like yes or no? Nah. And like, I'm look. like,
2: get out of there! I hate it. <laughs> What are you doing? I know you went to lunch, so you know stop, playing. <laughs> stop playing like I was there last weekend. There's nothing in there. Um, wow. no, I have people that they bring racks and racks and stuff the cars to the top uh, when they when they back up into the uh, wardrobe department and they unload and they set it up for me to come and take a look through. I sometimes do like to go like I'll do a, you know like a discovery trip and I'll go to Prada and I'll look at you know the way Dolce Gabbana is crafting their suits for men mm-hmm. and I'll pick up some nuances from what the fashion designers are doing. So I, not only do I like to look at it online, I also like to go and sort of look at how the Workmanship is done so I can kind of, you know, steal
1: some ideas. It's funny. We were talking about ASOS, Charlie and I. And our former fashion editor was saying that one thing that's key for her when she's shopping online is to watch the videos. Yes. To see how the fabric is moving. Oh, yeah. I was like, my whole life changed. You have to. Oh. Essential. I
0: I think because I'm curvy, I have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it it can't just slip on. Exactly. The picture doesn't tell the whole story. No. And then you want to see that, especially with me being well-endowed on Yeah, same, same. I'm like, how does it hug the girls? Right. Exactly. The
2: videos, yeah, are (laughs) really, really great. Before then, I was like reading like content and Mm -hmm. you know measurements and all that kind of stuff yeah so what are you mounting next Mm -hmm. what is your next project um my next project I don't know um I've gotten a lot of scripts And since The Black Panther came out, I wanted to just kind of ride this wonderful, wonderful wave of people being appreciative and making so many people feel good about culture and love the costumes and just see what comes up. I was on Silver Sable Black Cat with Sony. I feel like I'm still on it. Uh, Gina Prince-Blythewood is um, directing it. And we're just waiting to get a script approved. But, you know, take your time, Gina. Yeah, I (laughs) need. sister needs a
0: break yeah
3: <laughs> I <laughs> do
0: want to ask you just about you know we are here um, in LA this week for black women in Hollywood yes. we did honor you yes. Uh, yes. that was nice um, when in you know when you did school days I imagine there weren't a lot of Black female costume designers in Hollywood. How is it now? Is it are we are there more women of color? Let me not just leave it to black women, but are there more women women of color in yes. the costume department? Well, you know,
2: I've always brought on interns, and they have made me proud and gone on to design Rita McGee, who did the um, the uh, God what's it the group of five kids and they were dancing in there. Oh God, I can't remember. Anyway, Rita McGee. Bye. Uh, 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 Belle Biv DeVoe Oh, New Edition Oh, new edition. New edition. New edition. oh my god okay. she, did oh, she did that Yeah, she did that And uh, her sister Alita You know, also Ayana James oh, She's um, insecure, right? insecure. insecure yeah. yeah. Rita abs. does Empire too Yeah, she oh, does hey. Empire She started with Empire first season Also, um, there are so many people that I feel um, You know, helped me along the way in the beginning There was uh, Francine Tanchuk uh, As a designer, Michelle Cole uh, <laughs> Uh, Valerie Adams, they did TV and they did features. Uh, Francine did Soldier, uh, not Soldier Story, but uh, the one Denzel got the uh, Oscar for. Glory. Glory, thank oh, you. Wow. Oh, man, it must oh, be early. Did what did time that? is it? It is early. Yeah, yeah Francine Tangent. Good to know. And then there's Sharon Davis, you yeah. know. Sharon and I worked together on The Five Heartbeats. She was actually a supervisor in my department and she branched off right away. So we were kind of parallel. You know, she did uh, Django and... Uh-huh. She did the girls. Oh. She did the help, you know, so there's like there were like three of us, three of yeah. us doing features and like four and a half doing TV. Um, but we have actually brought up as many. That's been kind of the Spike Lee way, you know, the 40 acres way, to, you know, each one teach one. Okay. And so I've brought in some people, Donna Berwick, you know, nice. yeah, Sandra Hernandez, who did uh, Donna did Juice. Uh, Sandra Hernandez has done some amazing stuff too. Nice.
0: Are there any shows, I'm sorry, I'm I'm like hogging the thing. Sorry. Are there any shows or television, I'm sorry, or movies now that you watch and think, oh, that's great costume.
2: Oh yeah! Oh wow! You know, I had an assistant a long time ago. Her name was Sessie and uh, she does dear white people. Nice, and their clothes are fantastic. She's always been amazing uh, eye and amazing taste and talent. Um, and, you know, we just came up assisting each other, but sort of like I was the designer, she was the assistant. But, w- but you know, if you were to see us in a room, like, alone, fighting over the clothes, you know, <laughs> you would have thought she was the designer <laughs> and I was the assistant.
1: But it all worked out. It
2: worked out for her e- as well.
1: Nice. What Wakanda style have you loved that wasn't in the film as far as the people showing out and up to watch the movie in full regalia?
2: Uh, Which one have
1: I seen of the people going to see the film that I've loved? Or just the the fact that people are cosplaying and really being yeah. inspired.
2: You know, I, I I feel I find that you know just the pageantry of it is awesome. I think it's hysterical when people's dressed in the coming to America uh, look and they put the little <laughs> lion on their shoulders and they have the 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 funny hats and stuff and they're doing the James Earl Jones thing and I was like, y'all don't get it. This is Wakanda, not Zamunda. Right. <laughs> What? Get it right. Get it right. Oh and goodness. then I love when people come and they're like, I'm just, it's a lifestyle for me. And they look Afropunk and yeah. they may just have done their hair and they put the dots on their face. And then I, then I start thinking, wow, you know, people are actually, you know, embodying the culture. Yeah. And that's really nice
0: too. Nice. I love it. Well, so I will be... I'm planning to be a Dora okay, for Halloween. Good, I've, I've said this. Yes. Okay, I will be making my costume. Beautiful. What tips do you have?
2: <laughs> um, I need to
0: get this I've right. seen lots
2: of Doras being made by okay. cosplayers. And um, I think that uh, the best ones, um, pay attention to like, a, a few fine details, like okay. proportion. Okay. You know, don't make the tabard like a, a sandwich board. You know, it needs to be a, oh, a tabard that starts me. under bust and ends at your knees. Oh, okay. um, the if you do something on the shoulders, it doesn't have to be made out of metal. It just has to be metallic, yeah. gotcha. you know. And okay. so that helps uh, if you do the neck rings, do the necklace, too. You know, uh, otherwise it's just some neck rings. You got to do the necklace underneath. <laughs> got it. You know, the, just little things like you put black tights on and draw lines on it if you want, or do some uh, hot glue and paint it up, you know. But, okay. but you know, be ingenious, but also, you know, be meticulous.
0: Yeah. You were meticulous in this film. <sighs> yes. Yeah, because so. I remember watching it. We went, there was like an African screening yeah. of the film. Wow. <laughs> Everyone in there was African and. Um, there was one point where T'Challa... Did I
2: make them proud? What? Okay, good, good.
0: See, that's um, important. The, the attention to detail was phenomenal. Um, I remember one friend from Ghana pointed out that Kente is only worn in special occasions. Yes, and I always I didn't know that. You know, I'm not West African, but there was a part where when T'Challa finally becomes king, and that's when you see the kente yes. when he goes into the he takes the throne. Yes, mm-hmm. like details like that are what made people like, okay, they really paid attention.
2: Yeah, and it was hard. It was scary. It was instinctual. It was you know you can't you can't every time you do something like wait let me go get my research book wait. Let me go get my notes you know some things have to be organic organic and you know when it feels right and it is right you know mm-hmm. and some of that was you know instinctual and you know because the whole royal um idea of 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 the black panther meant that we had to deal with you know everything in more of a beauty way and a more upgraded way so i wanted yeah.
1: to uh, before we wrap i want to show you how yolanda here Ooh. dressed
2: wow <laughs> i have that same neck piece oh you do i love i bought it in uh, <laughs> in count. Count uh
0: i got it in Durban. what yeah i love yeah, it no, we you we guys tried. wait
2: and there's this laduma there yes. who is the one in the red that's in the front McCone. that's,
0: that's McCone. essence McCone. now that's our host Jeez. That's
1: you guys okay represent <laughs> yes very nice well, thank you, you for girl. representing us yes. thank you for representing our culture yes. as a Hamptonian, thank you for representing Hampton, yes, yes. Hampton H-U love, yes. but thank you Regardless, thank you for representing. Yeah. Thank you. You have made us so proud. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And a trailblazer. Oh I wow! Mean. You
2: know, and, and had no idea we would be uh, received. You know, so abundantly, and that—that's something. That's a once in a lifetime experience that I'm—I'm I'm wanting to relish in and cherish. Wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Wakanda <laughs> forever. forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. I could have listened to Ruth Carter all day. I love her. I lo- and I'm what I really want to do is go back in time and go to the costume set of Black Panther. Like, I feel like I needed to be in that space.
0: Yes. And I'm marking my calendar to stalk her for the day that her museum a gallery of her finds, her Real pieces. Talk. I will be living for that. And if there's
1: any truth to the Black Panther 2, and if she's cast, oh, I'm going. Like... Just putting it out there. But, Charlie, who do we have up next? Florence Kazumba, Dora Milaje. She was part of that
0: cast in the movie. And she talked a lot about what it was like to really be a part of that magic. Even though, Corey, we did talk to her a little bit before the film dropped.
1: So I want y'all to know, please, don't come for us being like, you didn't even talk about plot lines or whatever. We talked to her way before the film dropped, before any of us had seen the film. I don't even think she had saw the film yet. No, and
0: if she couldn't spill tea then, y'all. But it, the tea, Marvel
1: NDAs are real. Okay, but she it was a great chat. Up next, Flores Kasuma. <laughs> Just want y'all to know, I'm... I'm actually about to tear up. Uh oh! Because we're having our first podcast with a cast member from Black Panther, yes. which is arguably the best movie of all time, and none of us have seen it except for you, probably. The most highly anticipated movie of ever um, of all time. Who's here, Corey? Flores motherfucking Kasumba! Yes, that's how hey, I you. do it. <laughs> Hi, doll. How are you? I am fine. Welcome. Welcome. Girl, this movie, I was just
0: telling her before we started taping. This, I haven't seen black people, black Americans, this excited for a
1: movie in like, I don't even know when. The fact that y'all tickets have already sold out mostly. First of all, who are you? Tell us who your character is, where you from, (laughs) and all of that. Because
3: we know everything, but... I'm Florence Kasumba, and I'm playing Ayo, and I'm a member of the Dora Milaje. Mm -hmm. Say it again, say it again. I'm a member of the Dora Milaje. Girl power. Oh yeah, and we are strong.
1: (laughs) 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 But honestly, Charlie and I, we're only new to Black Panther because of the film, but Mm -hmm. who is the Dora Milaje? What is their backstory?
3: Well, we're basically there to protect the royal family mm-hmm. and Wakanda. So we're highly skilled women that you kick ass. Yeah. we're there for the security. You hold it down. You hold it down. Y'all are the army. Yes. But somebody has to.
0: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fellas. Sorry, guys. Mic drop, you know. I love that. And y'all look fierce. You are fierce. I mean, I've only seen the trailers, but I'm I'm in my living room
3: kicking shit. Like, I'm ready to defend. This is amazing. Okay, but I do have to admit the work that makeup and costume people do. You know, like, we don't walk in like that. And that's also what I keep wanting to tell people. When you get to look like this, you know, when somebody works on your face for an hour, for two hours, Mm -hmm. sometimes for three hours, you already feel so good when you're finished and then you step out of the trailer and then you put on this beautiful costume and that already always made me so happy and I was so proud that I was one of the few people that were allowed to wear these costumes you know and Mm. and when you then have a couple of women looking like that there's already a certain way how you walk and how you move because you don't have the freedom anymore like how you have when you wear a normal t-shirt so it's not just only us it's like all the people that make us look like that
0: and I imagine when you guys all walked on to set together in unison looking like that there
3: was like an effect like people were moved yeah most of the time people were like oh whoa you know (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is I don't know how I look like when I'm in costume because Mm -hmm. I don't actually look into the mirror but mm-hmm. I do understand that people when people have like let's say 8, nine, ten women looking like that mm-hmm. walking towards them I mean what happened naturally was always like we would come and then people would move you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was something but I do have to say we're also athletes so there's a certain way how you carry yourself anyway when you walk through life and I think that in combination with wearing these costumes it just made it look like okay we don't want to mess with these women
1: What shifted in your mind when you put on the costumes that Ruth Carter Designed and it was quite beautiful, but like, like, there was a mind shift.
3: Yeah, because the thing is, once I'm in costume, I become Io, and Io is someone you have to put yourself back in order to serve for someone. So, playing Adora Mm -hmm. means Mm -hmm. you serve. You know, it's not a glamorous job because when it comes to, let's say, dangerous moments, you Mm -hmm. put yourself there. You go out there. You know, normally it's mm-hmm. natural to go the other direction. Mm-hmm. We go in there and we are there to make people safe. And that is something that you feel straight away. Like what I had, for example, a lot of people always said, Oh my gosh, you're so serious. But the thing is, when I wear this costume, I know that the eyes are on me. And there's a certain way how you carry yourself because I have a lot of respect for that role, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just playing it, but it means you are strong, you are patient, you know, like we are at a lot of meetings where you have to be because you protect the royal family, but that still means like you're there, but you also need to be invisible because these people have to discuss or talk about things that other people are not supposed to hear. So you serve. And, you know, it's not about us. It's about the the big picture, you know, make Wakanda safe. And that is something that you feel the minute you get into that costume.
0: And in so many ways, I feel like, you know, here, I know you're from Germany, but in America, that's how... I mean, it may be all over the world, but that's how we're black women are in our families. We feel like we sometimes are protectors, obviously. We want to be that first line of defense and love on everybody and protect everybody. So I just
3: feel like that's going to resonate in our hearts when yeah. we see this movie. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, and that is something why I'm also so proud of my colleagues. I'm talking about the other Doras. This is something that nobody had to tell us. You know, it was very clear that when we walk on stage, mm-hmm. we are quiet, we are standing there. Sometimes we had to stand for hours You know, you need to be very disciplined. Yeah, everybody has to, you know, like every single character, depending on where you are in the scene, you have to have a lot of discipline and wearing this costume where you can't move around a lot. At some point, your back hurts and everything starts hurting and getting very uncomfortable. But yet it's your job to be there and to be strong and to be proud.
1: Yeah. I'm curious, what do you, your costume in your real life, like what do you have to put on that makes you feel like you can serve? Like for me, it's red lipstick. Like, if I have my red lipstick on, Mm -hmm. I'm ready for everything. What for you in your personal life?
3: Well, in my personal life, I'm ready anyway. You know, like, I think that's an attitude. That's like when I Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning, I want to be positive. I want to be ready. You know, I'm also a mother, I'm a wife, and I just, I am ready anytime. And I also, because I think that also comes with age, I don't want to be dependent on things. You know, when I was younger, there were certain things that I needed in order to be ready. But when you don't have it, or, you know, like when you travel a lot, there are some places where maybe it wouldn't be appropriate, you know, and Mm -hmm. then I still want to be comfortable. And I learned in the last years, I want to be ready anytime and I don't want to be dependent on maybe makeup or what I wear, you know? Like, even mm-hmm. if you give me a garbage bag, I will be ready too. Yes. Yes. That's just, I think, an attitude for life.
0: No, I no, feel that. That's, that's
3: real. And I like to feel like, I
0: know for me personally, I feel like my smile is my armor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's part of me and as long as I'm smiling, it's going to be all right. I'm ready. You know, I feel, and I know that I'm in a place where I can face anything. Yep. So I get that
3: right re- they do ready. like the lipstick you know like I mean like <laughs> <shoot my> but <laughs> yeah, I have to still say that you know because because that's something I mean I don't have hair and that's a choice you mm-hmm. know I don't like stuff in my face mm-hmm. but I do like a red a or good lip. Lipstick. you are you complimented my lip the minute you came what, in here I this lip it. you got on is cute yeah but you know that when I walked in there it's the first thing I said I'm like oh my gosh I like your workplace <laughs> I mean like I like I like that color.
0: (laughs) She did. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She did. Okay, so I have to... You grew up in Germany. Mm -hmm. What was it like being a woman of color growing up in Germany? I've heard great things about, like, from people who visit and travel to Germany. Black women, they've had good experiences. So what was it like growing up in Germany?
3: Well, I do have to admit, when I was young, it wasn't that big of a deal because I never thought about that I'm a person of color. Mm -hmm. And I think it's changed when I became a teenager and I remember once I was in love with a guy and and I told someone oh my god and I really like that person and then he said like well you're cute but you, you look like you're burned and I mm. know that was supposed to be a joke but that's the first time I was really hurt and I mm-hmm. thought like okay and then the m- more I changed you know becoming like a young woman mm-hmm. the more I would hear comments you know not like at my school or in my environment but like when I would go out and Luckily, my mom prepared me for life, you know, like my mom, Mm. she would tell me things like, look, we're in this country, there are certain rules and not everybody will like you. That goes for everyone. That doesn't mean you are black and not everybody will like you. You know, sometimes you meet people and you don't like them, but you need to respect them. And it was good that somebody taught me, like, you can go through life and you walk into the door and people won't like you and you haven't even done anything. You know, just because of you, where you maybe come from or your look. And I also notice I go to places where people are not that open and they have a problem with me not having hair. Or Mm. I usually wear black, you know, so the combination Mm -hmm. of being a woman and also being very athletic and having no hair. And Mm -hmm. I walk around, I don't say like a farmer, but I always wear boots, you know, or like I'm very comfortable the way how I look. Uh But when somebody teaches you or raises you to be confident, that doesn't mean you go through life and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow. I mean, like even I don't know when when I'm with my friends that look like me, people sometimes feel threatened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it I always need to be in a certain environment where people then are like oh okay like when I did The Lion King the musical The Lion King in Hamburg uh-huh. it was of course a new experience because I had all these colleagues that looked like me and that understood me and everybody was loud and and strong and I never felt like uncomfortable because I felt like oh yeah that's what I like mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. so but most of the time I'm making good experiences, you know. Like if I would compare my life, I'm at a happy place and things are changing. I prefer being in bigger cities because people are exposed to people from different countries. And then it's easier than when I go to a little village where nobody has seen a black person. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, I know they filmed a good portion of Black Panther in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. thanks to green screens. What was it like being in the
3: American South? Well, you know what? This is something I had to admit, or have to admit, I didn't educate myself enough because I came and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in the South and it's going to be so dangerous. And and again, just because I got to see or be at a certain place doesn't mean I can't talk about Atlanta. I know how Atlanta, especially when I don't go out and everything, but I was in Midtown and I was so comfortable that I already noticed when I landed and I was at the airport and the attitude of the people, you know, like like strong people and they just tell you the way how things are and with no filter and mm-hmm. I felt immediately very, very comfortable. They're welcoming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I, I had a nice time there.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta is popping. No, <laughs> Is. I was actually shocked that they were going to be filming there, but it seems like this Atlanta is becoming a really big film hub. Mm-hmm. I loved going
3: there and working there.
1: What did you eat? Did you eat biscuits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet tea? <laughs> oh, my God. You can't tell, like, though, because you fear. Don't feel
3: guilty. What, the thing
1: is... This muscle tone is everything right now. Yeah, but
3: you know what's so nice? I used to watch what I eat depending on what I do, but you have no idea what training we had to go through. And we still go through because you never know, (laughs) you know, it's like being ready. I always have to be ready. But this already started when I was like 18. So since 18, I'm always ready. And now when I train so hard, I just eat whatever I want to. Now, speaking of training, Mm -hmm. it says that you are a martial arts expert. No, I would not. Well, if it says that, it's wrong because I'm not an expert. (laughs) Because when you do martial arts, you never are done learning there's so much i have to learn and trust me compared to other people i'm at the beginning of my path but i definitely showed up for work and i knew what i was doing like nobody had to say like oh Flo, uh.
0: <laughs> so how did you get, i i, I want to know more because martial arts is something like you know we watch women powerful characters in movies kicking ass and i'm like i want to learn a few things but i never do so tell me about getting into martial arts and how that's passion for you that's awesome
3: well as a kid or as a young person, I was never interested in that because I thought, like, oh, that is something that, I don't know, like, like maybe guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a trained dancer, so I started dancing when I was young and I went to musical theater school, so I learned how to dance. Mm-hmm. And then when I have two kids, and my kids started with Kung Fu a few years ago, and I would always drop them off and then I would sit around for an hour until they were done. And while they were doing this, I looked down at the at the other room and there were people doing Qigong and I thought like well if I wait for my kids I can just do a class and I started doing it and I thought like oh my gosh I really like this you know and that's like very slow but it's still very very strong and after a while I realized having a dance background I need something something else and then I transferred from Qigong to Shaolin Kung Fu and that is so hard you know <laughs> especially when you when you decide to doing that like after 20 <laughs> You know? Yeah. But again, I mean, like, uh, I've been in a good shape when I did musical theater, but when I started doing martial arts, it changes a lot. You know, like, I also have amazing masters, they are Shaolin monks, and they don't teach me, oh, this is what you do when somebody does this, you know? I mainly do Kung Fu and Tai Chi in order to stay in a good shape. Mm -hmm. And when you survive these classes, you know that when you're on a Marvel movie, you can survive you know there's nothing worse than showing up for work and they tell you you have to do this move or you have to run down the hill a hundred times a day you can't collapse doesn't matter whether it's raining or whether it's hot or whatever whether it's slippery when you have a good base a good technique Mm -hmm. which is very boring you know learning technique doing your basic drills but this is what you need in order to be able to do a movie like that and of course if you don't have it, they made sure that everyone who maybe didn't have that background was still able to do what we had to do in the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: How far in advance did you all train? And were your tra- was your the Dora Mila's training different
3: from the men's training? Uh, well, we started the Doras, or some of us started training in a November. 2016 and that was just pure training also like getting to know okay how does she move is she going to be able to do this what can we do with her how much time will we need in order to make or get her ready Mm -hmm. and then there was Christmas Mm -hmm. you know like when you have your fittings and everything is fine and you know there's Christmas and you know and you eat you you know what I mean yeah Yeah. Yeah, so it was a little concerned I bet Christmas in Germany (laughs) it must be off the chain yeah (laughs) but but then we came back like in the first week of January Mm -hmm. and yeah that's basically when we started training and it was basically like picking up us in the morning Mm -hmm. starting at 8 o'clock training Mm -hmm. doing basic drills With weapons Without weapons You know Like I saw myself Doing things Where you ask yourself Really like Am I really doing this Right now I'm talking about like Doing front rolls Jumping over people You know Back rolls All these basic drills But I can tell you I once shot a scene In that movie Where I fell Accidentally And I turned And I saw a rock And I didn't even Think about it But I immediately Turned around And that's something That just happened Because of my training Because you know When something happens, your instincts just take over.
0: Right, yeah.
3: And that is also what we needed for the movie because there were people that would make a choreography for fights. But then, you know, when we show up on set and it doesn't work because of the angle, then it happens that somebody says like, oh, no, we need less people. We need more people. You need to do this. Try to do that. And then you need to be flexible. You know, then you need to be like, okay, I can do this move because you don't have time when we come on set. And that is something that... I started, of course, years ago, Mm -hmm. but then getting this specific training for, okay, we're going to work with a spear and that's why these are certain things that you need to do and they need to be clean, you know, and we did our basic drills and it's very boring maybe to look at, but that's what you need to do in order to function when they say action.
1: Question: You and Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya, mm-hmm. um both have backgrounds from Uganda. Mm-hmm. Did you guys commiserate about that on
3: set or have well, any moments? Sometimes in the car, you know, like when you travel to work, and mm-hmm. and and there are similar similar things that you know, like you know, when you have <laughs> Ugandan parents, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes you would be like, oh, my mom would say that too, like stuff like that. But he was, uh, I think, raised in London. Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then me being raised in Germany. You have a lot of Africans in Europe. Mm-hmm. That are maybe or were born in Africa, but then mm-hmm. at an early age came to the other countries, and that's why I don't say I'm disconnected. But I never learned my mother tongue, for example, because mm-hmm. when we came to Germany, my mom she said, "Look, we want you to function here. We don't want people to think, oh, she's not educated, or you know." So it was all about fitting in and mm-hmm. making it work. Yeah, I'm just code switching. Well,
1: we have a few more minutes left.
3: What you but- want, okay?
1: I want to know what you bring into the Black
3: Panther premiere. <laughs> I knew it. I need to know what you're going to wear. What's in your purse. Y- you know What's what? Well, first of all, I don't even know what I'm going to wear because I do, I, how do you say that? Carpe diem? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I live day by day. Like, for example, on Monday, I didn't know that I would be in New York on Thursday, Friday, you know? so <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so I know that this is happening in, in the near future. And by that time, I will sit together and know what I will wear. What will be in my purse? Well, depending on probably comics... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Snacks. We just kept talking about all the like food. All the food we're taking. It's like to the an event.
1: Theater.
3: It's an event. We will have food. I coordinated outfits. I think I will cry. No. <laughs> I think I need to bring tissue. No, really. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I yeah. Moment. Do you plan on like going to a like a regular theater to see it with the people? Oh uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean that was the first thing. Like I said that earlier in other interviews this is the first time that I'm doing a movie where I'm like look when this thing comes out or even before I want to order my tickets and, and you know it's not just going to be for for my family but also for everyone else I want to see the movie with because mm-hmm. it's so special and we worked so hard and you know I even have the attitude like no I'm going to pay the money you know normally mm-hmm. you go in and you're like yeah I'm going to see it anyway because I'm part of the cast it's the first time that I'm saying no no I'm going to buy the tickets because it's so important. Yeah, we wanted
0: to break records. I mean, it's already yes. breaking records, but we've been saying that there are people, Corey's um, a friend of ours, that she bought
3: back-to-back tickets for two shows. Because she knows she we wants, wants to, to see it. <laughs> we still Yeah, but you know what? With the trailers, you watch the trailer, and then you have to watch it again and again and again and again, you know? Mm-hmm. With a movie... I will need so much time to really (laughs) see everything. And although, you know, like when you're filming these scenes and you've spent a lot of time there, you still want to know. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen. And I don't know how all, all of that looks like, you know. I felt it when I was filming it, but I don't know how it looks like. I will say this. I did the about the woman of Wakanda Book comic book
1: series that Roxanne Gay and Tana Hasse Coates wrote, and your character Ayo is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the other character's name. I wish for a Woman of Wakanda movie. Mm. I'm just putting. Can it we out claim there. that? We're claiming
3: it. Well, we just need to put it out there. Yes. You know? come on, fill God. it, fill it, fill it. Exactly. exactly. No, Sorry, I, I need that. Corey, you should
1: have done that, because now I'm ready for that. No, it has to happen. It has to happen. After we see the door Milaje the way that y'all going to kick ass? No. Yeah, that's
3: the thing, you know. When we were training, I kept thinking. We need to work together more often because, you know, (laughs) after a while, you know, you start moving the same way, you know, Mm -hmm. you start dressing the same way. It's so weird. You know, we're all grown women. But yeah, you know. Ooh, I'm
0: ready. I'm ready. Chill. Well, we are so excited. We wish you guys continued success. I mean, it's already a hit with it's people. It's already. We didn't even see it yet, and we love it. Right? That's what I love about <laughs> our people. We haven't even seen it, and we love it. But we know it's going to be a hit. We wish you continued success. This is phenomenal.
3: Thank you. Thank, Thank you. For you. By. Thank you.
0: That was nice. Yay! Nice. See? told you. See? Living room <laughs> Look at that.
1: <laughs> Thanks to our guests, Ruth Carter and Floris Kasumba.
0: If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes girl. girl, such as our conversations with Lena Waithe, Jesse Smollett, and Gabrielle Union. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you
1: get your podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us while you're there. Thanks to producer Steven Silos, audio engineer Chiquita Pascal, and Gold Standard Creative for our music. We'll see you next week. Hey.